forever. Dog. When your first choice is a big old bus, you turn around and boom, you end up with us. Everyone guard your ears. Here it comes. <laughs> Hi, you stupid little fuck, you sloppy little fuck, you nasty little hoes. Welcome to Sloppy Seconds with Big Dipper and Meatball. I'm Meatball, you horny little fucks. And that's Big <laughs> Dipper over there. Hello. Hello. And today we have a very special guest, so we're not going to do our normal intro. Let's bring on my good friend, an actual real celebrity, Orville Pack. <laughs> Yay! Hello, hello, hello. I'm happy hello. to be here. Thank you How... for having me. Oh, the sweet dulcet tones of that <laughs> voice. Ooh, baby. All right, what has everyone been doing during their quarantine to keep them busy? Let's start out with the one question that everyone asks. Well, I have been uh, making music. Uh, as oh. that's my <laughs> my livelihood, but uh, luckily I can do that from the comfort of my home, which is pretty nice. I haven't had time off in like I'm gonna say almost two years before this, and so it's I, <laughs> it's kind of a nice excuse for me to work on stuff in a weird way. I know. Yeah, I was incredible. wondering because you were super booked up, and then you just were about to start releasing your new album. And go on tour again yep. and get ready for Coachella. What is it like having literally everything um, snatched away from you in the in a moment? <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty, um, you know, it's funny. I think it's like, I would love to say that it's, I mean, it is disappointing, of course. Like, you know, like there's nothing I love more than being on tour. Uh, I love performing. I feel upset that people, you know, are disappointed they can't come to the shows. I'm upset that I can't play the shows. Like that's, I love to do that. I'm not one of those people that doesn't like, you know, going on tour and all this stuff. Like that's my favorite part of all of this. Uh, and so that sucks. But, you know, at the same time, I think uh, it's so rare that we get forced opportunities to kind of maybe take a step back in whatever way, you know, that is for anybody. But, uh, you know, for me, essentially, that's kind of like, uh distracting myself perpetually by being on the road and you know like ignoring all my problems and so i think <laughs> i think in a weird way it's it's kind of been cathartic to just be in one place and kind of just uh yeah like kind of press reset a little bit i think i feel the same way at first uh, not anymore at first i felt that way and i was like oh I get like a month off. I don't have to travel. I can work on costumes. I can make new numbers. But now I'm ready to jump out a window and kill myself. <laughs> and I don't want to sew anything. Well, call better help <laughs> if you are feeling suicidal. I just, I truly feel like yesterday I completely disassociated and like just like took a nap in the middle of the day, which I never do. Oh, and just yeah. like laid out. It was wild. Okay. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Both of you. Mm -hmm. Um, can you get high from CBD only? No. No. I feel like <laughs> I have some CBD oil that I've been using for like stress relief. Uh, and I feel like I got high the other day. No. You maybe you finally <laughs> relaxed for once and you found out what that feels like. And then it, it made me high. I literally like put like the normal amount under my tongue and like a few minutes later I was like, has it been two hours? What am I doing? Just looking at YouTube it like I truly felt like I was stoned. Again. I mean and I like started to have a panic attack because I haven't been high in so many years. I mean, I feel like I'm walking around in a dream. I mean, I, I, it's funny. I'll have a conversation earlier in the day. It's not even like the day before. Like I'll have like a conversation with someone in the morning or something. And then five hours later, I'm like, when was that? Was that a week ago? Was that, did I tell? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's oh, like yeah. I, time, the construct of time has been smashed. The, my anxiety is through the roof. I mean, it, it's, it's a weird and wacky time, you know? Yeah. But you've been doing a lot, like you've been getting on live and doing like little shows and talking to people. Does that feel like you're more connected to your uh, fan base now than you were before? In a funny way, yes and no. I think for me, like I, uh, I really come from like a place uh, as a performer where like, you know, it sounds super, I don't know, maybe cliche or something, but like I really almost require 
the connection of an audience to like mm-hmm. you know help me perform i mean you must re- you know relate to that like it's, it's yeah absolutely it's it's <laughs> it's just kind of the part of performance that i actually really love and i really make an effort to try and you know uh like make that the focus of my live shows and so i think i've been you know i did a couple of the live streams because it's kind of all we can do at this point but mm-hmm. I, I i will say that like i am like I'm like Oregon Trail level, like uh, technologically challenged, you know, like I, I'm like, <laughs> I like don't know. Do you ford the river or do you, what was the other option? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I would always just you get like, lupus drive and through. die. That's just, what it yeah, was. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't even know, like people are people in my life, like make fun of me that I, I can't, like, I don't know how to use Twitter properly. I don't understand, like, like internet culture i mean i'm just genuinely really like shit at all of that and so i think it's been a very funny experience for me to have to do this because i feel like a total like grandpa you know but like yeah at at the same time i think i've been pleasantly surprised to know that like that connection can still exist through a screen or whatever which is on one hand really fascinating and kind of cool but on another hand like really that actually really scares (laughs) scares me in a way uh, because I don't well, want to get too comfortable with that, you know? Yeah. Right. I mean, there is something really interesting about, you know, social media presence when you're busy out in the world. You are bringing people into your, you're like, here I am in this city. Here I am at this show. This is my new project. This is this thing. And and right now it's like, yes, you can release new things. And yes, there are, um, there are, I don't know, live shows and streams happening that you can invite people to. But a lot of it right now is people are really, they're basically going the Trisha Paytas route. <laughs> yes. Just being like, here I am, Diva. Well, like, take it, take it or leave well, it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how you, you guys feel, but like, to me, it's funny. It's actually, it's actually having this weird adverse re- effect on me where I never used to be someone that was heavily into social media just you know, just in general, like I, I'm not the kind of person that's like constantly checking my Instagram or anything like that. But because there's nothing to do, I've shots fired. I mean, people. I've found myself on Instagram. <laughs> I've, fired, <laughs> I've found myself on social media so much, and it's actually been really repulsing me. Like it's it, it's been it's been making me realize like how much I actually just don't really like social media. You know, it's 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 funny. Yeah, I'm having the same effect on me. Like, me and Michael, my boyfriend, were talking about it yesterday. I was like, I just want a day where I put my phone down and, like, don't respond to any messages or emails or anything. And I feel like I'm being bombarded with emails and stuff lately. I'm just like, not everyone needs to reach out. You know what I mean? We didn't talk (laughs) two years ago. Why are you hitting me up now? Well, it is hard because when you're isolated, you're looking to people and the access that we have to people is through these platforms, but these platforms have their own culture. And sometimes that culture can be really sort of gross. We're we're living, we're living the nightmare we created really. Exactly. (laughs) Okay. Now we're done with quarantine talk. (laughs) Well, obligatory. This is, this is, this is, uh, this is both quarantine and real life, but, the twinks and skinny people who are out here talking about dad bods and I'm getting thick in this quarantine. They are tiny, tiny little people (laughs) who are appropriating fat culture by using the terms dad bods and thickness. And that is not you. So come up with a new term. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah. You could be a twunk. You You could could be be a twunk. I think I'm a twunk. You know, like I'm I'm over the hill. (laughs) You aged out. (laughs) What twer you yeah, before? Exactly. <laughs> okay, so um, well, I prepa- I prepared a handful of questions, but I-, I know this might be like a like an obstacle course to get you to answer some things, which I appreciate the mystery. Mm-hmm. Uh, I live for the mystery. Oh yeah, who? It's a fantasy. It's a jam. I remember the first time I saw you without your mask on. I truly didn't know who you, you were. Screamed, and you were wearing the. Oh yeah, that's what it was. In fear, because you changed an outfit too. I was like, who the fuck is? Well, you know, I mean, I, it's funny. I feel like people think, um, you know, it's interesting. I didn't set out, set out to like cultivate any mystery. I mean, it's, it's, there's an irony to what I do, I think, because, uh, I think on, on, on a surface, like first glance, you might think that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like 
hiding something or or or, or creating or sent you know uh, like kind of um formulating a, a a character or whatever but it's the irony is that like i feel so genuinely genuinely kind of exposed uh and almost under the microscope in a weird way because i think i think drag is similar you know like i always talk about this with drag queens where it's like i think it's a kind of art form that I respect is taking who you are at your core and like blowing it up to an extreme. That's kind of how I always mm-hmm. say, you know, and like, and I think you can't get that art across without sincerity. It's actually like ultra sincerity in a way. It's like so sincere that it almost looks kind of larger than life, but it's, yeah. it's funny. I think it's kind of like, it's you're more free to like bear who you really are when you don't have to use your own image or likeness. It's easier for me to like, I don't know. Sometimes it's easier for me when I'm in drag to like have a real conversation with someone because I feel like at least there's this like thing where it's like, just because you can't see my face doesn't mean that that's not who I am on the inside. Yeah. And I'm like giving you more. Well, you know, you hear a lot but about then I'll fight. You hear, <laughs> but you know, you hear a lot about, you know, some drag queens and, uh, you know, drag performers and saying that, you know, they finally found their voice when they, when they discovered drag or, or they, you know, like, right. and I think it's, it's very similar to me where I was a performer since I was 10, you know, I was an actor and a dancer and I played music in all kinds of bands <gasps> and, all kinds of stuff and a dancer. Yeah, what kind of dance? Uh, well, Steve-a? I know he danced in a couple of his music videos. I was. Uh, yeah, but I was, were you giving that uh, jazz fusion? Uh, like, you were know you that, a tapper? Uh, chunky jazz I, that has I, the, the cut in the soul. I studied ballet for like twelve years. I was almost professional work, level. Billy Elliot. Uh, work. I, I can tap dance. I did, you know, jazz. I did it all. You know, and uh, wait, <laughs> you know, Meatball can tap dance. No, I didn't know that. Bitch, bust out the shoes. Y'all, when this is over, we're doing a do duet. Y'all need to do a tap. <laughs> Baby, I ain't tapped in a minute, but I still got oh, it. Oh, I'll max afford. I can. I still got it. Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did we ever talk about this on the show, Meatball? When you were when you broke your hip, but you wanted to do a tap number. <laughs> No, what did I end up doing? I did it in a wheelchair. Well, I told you you should come out with the walker. Oh, and then right. Drop- drop tap shoes down from strings and just I had a walker with fake legs on it and I was kicking them around because they had the tap shoes on them (laughs) I want to see the two of you do a full tap music I think we can do it when you said that you started when you were like 10 so were you like more of like a musical theater 10 year old or you just like to be active I okay so uh, it's I I never talk about my childhood but it's not because I don't want to because no one asks you don't have to if you don't want I'm happy to you know because no one ever asks me about it it's funny I think people make a lot of assumptions about how I grew up or where I grew up even but it's like um so you know I grew up uh in a in a a, you know fairly uh kind of uh well-known part of the world but not in North America uh not even in the northern hemisphere and i grew up with a with a you know in a kind of a poor small family uh in this in this you know kind of weird city and my father was a sound engineer <clears throat> he used to tour with bands in the 70s and then he moved on to being like a like an audio engineer for like film and tv basically so when i was little i used to do voiceover for like cartoons and things like that that my dad was basically the engineer on and so i because i was always into acting uh and then i was obsessed with like you know i was always making music and teaching myself instruments and then i was always dancing and singing i mean i never really had any kind of training because we weren't really uh that you know we weren't really like a family that could necessarily afford like a lot of uh, lessons and stuff like that when i was young and so I, i basically just taught myself all that stuff um i think i was just like a bored kid with a massive imagination and a lot of creativity that I didn't know what to do with. So I started doing that. And then eventually I did start taking dance lessons. I started taking ballet and uh, I was really focused on that. And I wanted to do it professionally. And I was in, yeah, I was in musical theater. I did some uh, through my, by the time I was in my early twenties, I did some national tour stuff and I did some. Just to point out more similarities. Did you know that Meatball moved to LA because he was voicing a cartoon cartoon? or video game? I had no video game. Yeah, yeah my Teenage Mutant Ninja Teenage Turtles, Turtles, Turtles video the game. video game. Oh, I did the vo- a couple of voices on it. That's amazing. Yeah, I did. Yeah, that's so cool. Quick, coming for my life. Brothers. And you're half black. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> you, Eureka. Who else? The Wait, list goes so that's on. so crazy. So you did do some musical theater stuff and then you toured around. When did you find your like voice as a writer and like start creating your own music? Well, I think the thing is, is like I was... 
really lucky enough that uh, I, I, my family was very much kind of like, you know, you can do anything you want. And there's no, I never had, I never, you know, I never grew up with like ideas of uh, that I couldn't do whatever I wanted to, to do, no matter my means or who I was or where I was from. You know, I, I, it's like the one really kind of uh, confident aspect of, I think, my personality that I'm very lucky was like instilled in me when I was young, uh, even though I have, you know, a lot of insecurities in other ways. But uh, so all throughout doing that, I was also, you know, I, I was in love with, I always wanted to be a country singer when I was little. I was always singing along to like Johnny Cash and Merle Haggard and, uh, and I always wanted to be like a crooner, you know, but I never knew how to do it. So when I started playing music, I, pl I was a drummer in a punk band for a long time. Uh, and that was my first foray into music. And we were, you know, a little bit successful. And then that kind of ended. So when I was like 20, I think I was like 20, uh, three or something. I was like in my mid twenties, I moved to London. Cause I'd never, I was like, well, the only thing I know how to do besides making music is act. And I went and did this crazy training in London. Uh, I got like a, like a, a bursary to go to this crazy academy in, in England. And I, I, I trained in like Shakespeare and, you know, classical. Oh my God. <laughs> like, You're blowing everyone. <laughs> I trained in like right Ibsen now. and Shaw and all that stuff. And then uh, I did some, I did the West. I was on the West end there in a play that I won't talk about. Yeah! <laughs> and I did that for like a year and then after that it's funny I think I had just gotten to an age and I had done enough stuff where I kind of realized you know I want to combine all these things I've done since I was little and put them into my true love of like country music and you know cowboy culture and just basically do all of it wrapped in one big project and and put as much sincerity as i can into it and uh that's that's kind of just you know where it came from it's funny because i see a lot there's a big like you know uh rumor about me that i'm like an industry plant or i don't know this is like you know theory. i saw that i was like <laughs> those oh my conspiracy god theories. the conspiracy, those conspiracy theories are insane but i, I kind of wish i were an industry plant because on one hand it does feel very whirlwind and quick like kind of the success i had in the last year or well whatever, because but... pony is only one year old yeah and you already toured it for an entire year and we're getting ready to do another tour yeah so crazy yeah so that's a little bit about my childhood and my uh you know my kind of journey <laughs> can i ask so, you a question what's it like being able to just uh just call john waters just you know just call him on the phone <laughs> casually okay. I, I, that honestly is there's a pretty funny story with the john waters thing if, if y'all want to hear it it's uh yeah yes. i'd love to okay so uh, somebody on like one of my on my label side they sent me an email and they were like oh i was at you know, John Waters, he does his Christmas show. It's like a, it's kind of like a stand-up comedy, you know, whatever. Uh, he does it every year and it's always different. And then someone was like, oh, you know, I, I just saw John Waters do his comedy, his Christmas show. And and he talked about you in his opening monologue. And I was like, no, I mean, I mean, I genuinely, genuinely, I'm, it's not a humble thing at all. I just was like, well, either you're wrong or you're lying. And both of them are unfair <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, John Waters is like my absolute, number one idol inspiration when I was a when I was a teenager you know I mean John Waters changed my entire perception of art and and life really uh so I just like ignored it essentially because I just I didn't want to deal with it <laughs> in a sense it was too real yeah. I feel that way sometimes I get a message from someone I look up to and I'm like I don't even know how to respond yeah. I don't want to respond because I'll seem like a loser You're like, well, yeah. Thumbs up emoji. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So or you like heart it. I just didn't. I just <laughs> didn't believe it was true, and I was just like, whatever. Then I've, I heard it from another source a little while after that, and I was like, okay, this has got to maybe be true. And so we, John Waters and I, have the same uh, like booking agent agency. It's a big agency, uh, but I found that out, and I kind of did something that's possibly unethical. <laughs> but I basically <laughs> i I wrote my agent. Uh, and said, hey, um, I'm supposed to have a conversation with John Waters. Uh, could you just send me his his number because I'm supposed to call him? And so <gasps> they just like sent over his phone number. <laughs> oh, my God. That is bold. <laughs> I mean, this could have backfired in a terrible way, but it, oh, yeah, thankfully it didn't. Right. It's all good. It's fine. Everyone was fine, but it could have been bad. But then I was on, I was on tour in <laughs> Australia and uh, I had had this number sitting in my email for like 
a month maybe at this point and i was always just like staring at it like wondering what am i going to do with this do i text him does he even have a cell phone you know he's like a weird guy um right and so we're sitting in this lobby and we were in sydney or melbourne i think and uh we were waiting for the transport to take us to the festival and it was going to be like an hour in the lobby and i just thought like okay fuck it i'm just gonna call him like just just try it i don't even know what time it is in baltimore i don't know where he is so i call him and i just hear like hello (laughs) and i was like (laughs) i was like hi uh, is this john and he goes who is this and i said oh um, (laughs) hi john this is uh this is orville peck and he said orville peck well i'm a big big fan (laughs) (laughs) oh my god and then i mean i obviously just like disintegrated and like left my body but then he basically just chatted with me for like 45 minutes and i was laughing so hard people were staring at me because he's just he's like everything you would ever if you're a fan of john waters if you've seen any of his films or read any of his books or anything he is exactly the person you think he will be. He's so knowledgeable and his he just wants to chat about history and references and, and and the kind of funny oddity of mundane life. And like, he was like cracking me up so hard. I was like crying, laughing. And we spoke for about 45 minutes or something. And then, uh, you know, ever since then, I mean, we talk like we text, we send each other mail. We talk probably like, you know, once or twice, once a week on the phone. Like it's it's really crazy. I mean, if if my career ended tomorrow, I genuinely would be happy knowing that I got to make a connection with someone that I've just like, I mean, I feel like I'm going to cry. Like, I mean, really, like someone that I've looked up to That's like my whole so life. That's so cool. You know? Are you guys going to make a, like a gay Western film together, you and John? <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hope so. I mean, I haven't. <laughs> I'm always you have like, the training. I'm always scared. I, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> you do have the training. It could be a musical. Oh, yeah. A gay yeah, exactly. Western musical <laughs> movie. <laughs> no, I mean, I just, at this point, I'm just so happy to have his yeah, I guess friendship, you know, like it's it's just that's enough and overwhelming enough for me. That's my John Waters story. <laughs> that's so that's cool. amazing. Yeah. When you go out on the road and you're playing all these festivals and concerts, I know, like you said, it was it's been a whirlwind of a year. Um, when you look out into the crowd, are people do people make their own masks and people have like fringe? Oh yeah, out in the crowd. Oh yeah, people make their own masks. There's like. I have someone who keep who tries to document, like, keep track of all the tattoos that people get of me that they post and whatever. And I think we're up to like, it's like almost 200 tattoos that people have gotten of me, like ranging wow. from like massive pieces. And like, I mean, it's well, I have how many of them of are friend. actually good? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> my favorite is amazing. the little the little chibi baby uh, one of you. It's like a baby. Ones. Yeah, I love those. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's that's such a bizarre niche. I have a group of friends, the best friends club, and they come to all of your shows here and in Arizona, and they always come in full serves. Like they all get matching outfits. It's so full crazy. serves. Yeah, and I love full it. Serves. I mean, I love it. Like for me, look, I I didn't grow up in like you know, Western Southern culture or whatever. And so, you know, I, I think there's, there's a perception that what I do could be like maybe uh, appropriative or I don't know, but like I grew up as a kid loving cowboys, loving country music, loving, loving Western culture, which, you know, yeah. I might add is also uh, an amalgamation of cultures from all around the world, not just from America. Yeah. And like, you know, for me, when I see people coming in like cowboy hats and fully and I mean, I get like loads of drag queens all dressed. I mean, it's just such a celebration of something that is completely inclusive and should be inclusive and has a stigma of being, you know, the opposite of that. But I feel like I'm not someone that's trying to like renegade that and 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 change it. I think it already is an inclusive culture. It just has like a weird stigma. And I think I like yeah. to see that people embrace that you know what has it been like i mean you've really come up very quickly and you're working with like a lot of uh very well-known and established artists but like you've been out the whole time and it's i think it's so strange that so many people in music are either in the closet or afraid that because they're gay or bi or whatever they won't make it far how was it for you just being like this is who i am and this is what i'm gonna do I mean, like, did you ever feel any pushback from anybody or was it 
pretty smooth sailing the whole time. Look, I, I'd be lying if I said that there wasn't pushback. I mean, uh, I I get a lot of crazy comments and things and like whatever, but sure. you know, like everyone. But to me, it was it's just never been a question. I mean, I I am. I am who I am. I mean, I've never lived my life feeling like I needed to apologize for myself or, or change, you know, who I am, like it or not, you know, and I think uh, I was really lucky to have that like, forced into my head when I was younger, because I think looking back, it's, you know, I, I always say like, I kind of, I, I was raised to be someone who like, not only didn't believe that uh, you could overcome barriers, but like, I just didn't even know that barriers existed really because i just never i never want to give anyone that power or control to tell me i can't do something because of anything about me and in fact i've become so addicted to it that now when someone tells me i can't do something i'm like i like roll my (laughs) sleeves up and i'm like okay how am i going to do it better than everyone else you know what i mean it's almost like that reminds me of when we were at your (laughs) show at the at the la rodeo and they were like well, yeah, Morrissey's here. Maybe don't throw the hamburgers. And you were just like, fucking throw them. It'll be fun. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, what if I get in trouble? But it's your show, too. I mean, you know, you you and Pinche opened up that show and it was an amazing, you know, it was an amazing actual historic event for the first drag queens to be performing at the at the Troubadour. And we were so oh, excited yeah. to have you. And like, it was so, fun. you know, like I just felt in that moment, uh, like you know, Morrissey is a guest at your show and you will do your show. And, you know, if he doesn't like it, he can leave. I mean, yeah. that's just kind of, you know, not in a disrespectful Bold way, array, but like, baby. that's it. Tea mama, tea mama. Wait, so we, we always like to get into the little nitty gritty. I'm curious, like I've been making music for a while and I never even thought about trying to interact with the industry quote unquote or like a label Mm -hmm. because like my my music is like dicks and butts and fists and spit (laughs) and you know like that kind of thing uh and so (laughs) i have just always sort of self-released things and the moment you listen to my content you're like ah faggot i understand (laughs) uh and you i mean you your debut release was on a label you you are in the industry and you you rose up so quickly in that conversation, like when you, what did you do? Deliver them the music and you were like, this is unreleased. Do you want to put this out? Or did they, like, I, how does that even work? Well, my, <clears throat> my, so I, my first album, my old label is Sub Pop, which is obviously like a very, you know, legendary uh, DIY right. kind of uh, label that Nirvana and whatever. I mean, bands I grew up loving and idolizing. So it was a big kick for me to be on it, of course. Um, I pulled another stunt with them where she's a stunt queen, <laughs> stunt queen honey. She's your poet. Uh, I basically, I had written all the songs for pony. Most of the ones that are on the record, I play everything on the record. Cause I didn't even have a band. Uh, and I, I was working two jobs. Oh. I was working two jobs. I was broke. I couldn't pay my rent. Uh, I was struggling really hard because I kind of just believed in what I was doing so much. Um, and I contacted Sub Pop and I basically said, hey, I've got a band. I've got all these shows booked. Uh, I've got this whole album. I'd love for you to come check it out. And they were like, OK, yeah, tell us when. So I basically I got on the phone and called in like every favorite of people I knew, not industry people. I mean, just like, you know, like my friend who was a guitarist right. and yeah. like and taught a band of four people a whole album's worth of songs in like a month's time in a genre they had never played before oh my god uh, wow i asked my friend king tough who is actually on sub pop who uh he's an la guy he was playing a show and i asked him if i could open the show and they were like well you can open but there's no money and i was like it's fine it doesn't matter uh and so i i basically in a month's period i bamboozled it together to a point where I felt like it was like better, better presentable, better. and then I brought not a bamboozle. <laughs> that really is a stunt. Like that you is really the are stunt a at the highest level. Listen, you gotta yeah. sometimes you just gotta fake it till you make it, you know. And I mean that in the Truly. I mean that in the most inspiring way possible because I think it's funny. Like on that note of people thinking that I had some kind of in on the industry or whatever, I can tell you something. There is. I had I had no connections to the music industry. You know, my father was a sound engineer in the 70s. That's the furthest, that's the closest I came to the music yeah. industry. I mean, uh, 
and I wasn't even around then. Um, but I think I just really believed in what I was doing and I didn't know what the reception was going to be. I didn't know if anyone was going to care, but you know, I just, I really felt passionate about it. And I mean, now, uh, you know, I, I recently signed to Columbia, which is like a big, you know, my, my label mates are like Beyonce oh, and Col- Adele. Oh, Miss Columbia. <laughs> uh-huh. And uh, oh, it's just funny because being, you know, I would say, I would say for you, Dipper, like, you know, don't, don't discount what you do as not being uh, viable because for me. Uh, well, have you heard it? Yeah, let's let's <laughs> yeah, before you start giving different ideas. Listen, if Troy Savon can sing about his butthole blooming, listen, oh, true. there's there's right. all... <laughs> what's that song? Well, Blossom. So, I, I guess it's so interesting because I've been doing this, I guess maybe eight years, and when I started, like there was never even like probably for the first four or five years, like there was never even a thought in my brain that I would even. Th- attempt to contact a record label. I was like, this is for YouTube and SoundCloud. Like I didn't have anything on iTunes. Like it, it, it there wasn't, it wasn't in my mind that that was a possibility right. because of the world. And it's, it's wild to see how much everything has changed. And now I'm just like, I just keep chugging along. I'm just like in my little groove. I'm like, I wouldn't even understand how to produce stuff with other yeah, people. Yeah. I'm like, I'm just like this little solo. But operation. there's like a beautiful art to that too. I mean, listen, I, and, oh, yeah. and and I, I won't lie to you. I mean, even on Sub Pop or any label you're on, I mean, you know, like I, I'm similar where I come from a DIY place and, you know, I come from kind of like mm-hmm. the punk scene. So it's like, obviously, you're not, you're not, right. you don't, you're not thrilled to to hear someone try and get involved with what you do. Uh, I have arguments all the time with, with people around me, you know, and, and not, not in a bad way, but because I, I'm very, uh, confident and sure of what I want to do, and I know that it's not everyone's cup of tea. Right. But I, yeah. I, I really, I really try to make sure that I, I really try to make sure that I don't, um, I don't know, sacrifice what I want to do artistically. But it's working out so far. I mean, listen, this might all come yeah, crashing yeah. down. I have no idea. But <laughs> <laughs> so at Sub Pop, did they? Was there ever a conversation after you wowed them with your bamboozled show? And they were like, great, we want to sign you. Was there ever a conversation uh, like one of those, like what we see in the PR, the movies about like the sexuality conversation? Mm-hmm. Or did it not even come up and you just started doing press and someone asked you? You really are you Allie like, Maine. Yeah. No, I love it. Yeah. It, 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 what did you do? That- <laughs> it never came up. It, it never came up because I think the I think I I, I owe a lot to Sub Pop because I think the one thing I will say about that label is they are very much, uh, you know, like no one's going to get interfere with who you are or what you do. And they allowed me a, a, a platform that I could just, you know, it, it didn't matter what I was doing or who I was. I think that they would would have supported that regardless. And so I think that was really an important step in 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 the in the kind of the scheme of things or or whatever. But uh, I don't know. I just I've I, I just to me. I almost feel like I seem blasé about my sexuality, but it's only because I'm almost so militantly, uh, like (laughs) militantly try and be myself that it almost becomes a non-issue if that, if that makes any sense. Like, right. Yeah. I think that makes perfect sense. Um, I think, I think we have to take a little break right now, but then we'll be, Right back, and I'm going to try to make you sing the Wicked Riff. (laughs) (laughs) After this break. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, Dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. When my fridge is stocked with Factor Meals, I'm like, oh baby, I don't have to think about this. Mm-hmm. Like, It is so nice. The combinations are so good. I am a meat eater, but the vegetable options, there are so many. Like, I remember I had like a, it was like a mushroom with pasta and like a cauliflower rice. And I was like, 
the mushroom is filling. Like there's plenty of uh, portion, there's plenty of vegetable, and there's plenty of flavor. And I am usually sort of not a microwave person. Mm -hmm. Very cool that this quality of food can just be heated up in the microwave. And so fast. I also love it because I am a, a very much into ordering delivery. I and know. now having all the food there, I can kind of pick what I want and it's ready in two minutes. I don't have to wait an hour for stuff to get delivered. And these are way healthier options than ordering delivery. Completely. And when they have multiple things in them, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, if I cook for myself, all I'm going to eat is the biggest bowl of pasta you've ever seen in your life. But this oh, is yeah. like, you get a little pasta and the chicken and a vegetable all in one dish. Looking for gourmet meals try meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon shrimp truffle butter broccolini and asparagus and factor meals eliminate the hassle of prepping cooking or cleaning up all you got to do is heat up and savor the good stuff customize your weekly meals with the flexibility to get as much or as little as you need pause to reschedule deliveries that suit your lifestyle and we're celebrating earth day all month long with factor look out for the earth month eats badge on the menu items for their lowest carbon footprint meals head to factormeals.com slash sloppy seconds 50 and use code sloppy seconds 50 to get 50 percent off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code sloppy seconds 50 at factormeals.com slash sloppy seconds 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. That's a sleigh, baby. <laughs> now, I know you probably haven't warmed up. But is there any chance you could sing that sweet little note for me? Oh, uh, which one? The, the, uh. Yeah, the ooh, ah. Okay, but <clears throat> I'm going to have to sing it in a different register. Okay, ready? Yeah, you're going to have to go down probably. Oh. <laughs> Ooh. Dulcet Very dulcet. You are a crooner. Uh, Wait, so I want to know how you first became aware of Meatball. I think I harassed him on instagram i mean i'm a huge fan of dragula i mean that's just you know like uh uh I, I i watched you know meatball season of course and uh i'm i am you know like i'm not like a fair weather drag fan or whatever like i love drag so much and i think it is you know i i, I often try and talk about how i really think it's kind of like the last subversive art form you know mm -hmm. and even now it's kind of getting you know a little bit more whatever you want to call it like nor gentrified or whatever but yeah I think, it's, I think, it's everywhere now yeah but like i have undying respect for drag queens because i i just know what goes into that and how and how how much passion goes into into being you know not only a performer but a a, a, a full expression of a person i mean it's just it's it's art you know and so i think that's when i first became aware of meatball and then i think um i think if i rem i might be wrong here meatball but i think i think i saw either you or pinche comment on one of my posts like quite a long time ago like it was like early early it on. was forever ago and but you had a, a show and it was sold out and me and Pinche had been listening to your music for a while because I had heard about you from my friend Mame. And we were listening to it and I was like, fuck, we should get tickets to go. And we were like, oh, it's sold out. And then you messaged us and we're like, do you just want to come? And we were like, yes. Yeah. And then we got, into, <laughs> we got into drag and then rode scooters to the theater or I wherever it was. Oh, my God. That was and then, one of the best nights of my life. And, you know, it's funny. Uh, we if proceeded people to get wanted. If people listening want to actually see the proof of that, you guys are forever, uh, you know, um, captured in I have one of my music videos, Nothing Fades Like the Light. It was, you know, all tour footage. And there's a huge yeah. section of you and Pinche outside the Moroccan lounge in Los Angeles riding scooters up and down with my band and us. Up and down the street and full drag like a bunch of idiots. It was just a fun night. I just remember being <laughs> so drunk, just so <laughs> drunk by the end of it. Because we just kept no. getting fed booze. <laughs> That's normally any night with you and Pinche. Yeah, that's tea. That's tea. 
Um, oh yeah, and you really are a fan of Dragula because you had Louisiana because... Purchase, mm-hmm. yes, love one, Louisiana. the one and only the glamour puss, honey. Yep, she's gorgeous. Oh my god, yeah. Her, I had her in Queen of the Rodeo actually, and uh, mm-hmm. in my other video, yeah. and it was so I was so lucky. And then it's crazy, uh, the footage of her. She's in only like a few select scenes, but there's a scene where she's uh, like she she plays like the bartender at this rodeo, and she comes and brings the other queen in the video uh thanks jim she comes and brings her a drink and it's crazy i i watched that clip so much because louisiana literally looks like she's been like painted by mgm you know like she looks like yeah like she's in like the wizard her of oz or something flawless. it's oh, she looks it's so always good. such ugh, so good wizard she of oz. really knows her aesthetic you know oh, what i yeah. mean like she's got that thing locked and loaded which is so incredible mm-hmm. yeah she's great um and our friend Ashton uh, made you some stuff for your summertime music video. Ashton Michael. Ashton. Do you know about this? I don't know. The like black studded shirt. Oh, really? I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's we love Ashton. Oh He's God. also doing amazing work right now. He has a, if you want, go to AshtonMichael.com and he has a free mask pattern so you can sew your own masks. Oh my God, that's well, amazing! Speaking of yeah. sewing masks, look at your mask. Don't you sew your own mask, Eva? <laughs> I do sew my own masks. My mom uh, is a seamstress, and she taught me how to sew and knit when I was really little. So I know how to sew very simple stuff like masks, and I know how to knit uh, scarves. <laughs> that's so cool. Well, the masks you're making are not up to code currently. There's a uh... Too much fringe involved <laughs> for a protective. Measure. Yeah. Here, he made. Uh, he That's made amazing. This. I love that jacket so much, and I had no idea that that was uh, who made it. That's amazing. So, huge shout out to Ashton. That's so cool. Yeah. I always uh, recruit him to style my videos, you know, and he does like higher end stuff. He just, you know, like his he client list is Beyonce like, and Ariana Grande yeah, exactly. and all them. And I'm always like, can you make me a thong and three <laughs> panties for these other bears? And he's like, as long as I get to do the fitting, I'm a-okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> Not for me, for the guys that I cast. Oh, okay. Videos, good, 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 good. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he likes the thick ones. <laughs> I think that brings us to the end of this interview. Oh, thank you guys. Oh, okay. <laughs> did you wait? Did you have more questions, Dipper? The only one that we had, the only the last question on our list is, what are you watching? What are you listening to? Okay. Love that gay shit what? at the Grammys. I yeah. <laughs> I am watching. I just finished Succession. Do you guys know that show? Uh-huh. Oh. It's like I, I like to twerk to that theme song. Oh my god, it's crazy. So I just finished <laughs> the second I think it's like the second season is just finished. Uh I just finished it. It's um it's kind of like uh a, a drama about essentially what I think is kind of supposed to be like the Murdoch family or something. It's about these like mm-hmm. super right. rich family that own like a news conglomerate. I mean, it's just like complete drama. But I I, I like uh I like tense drama series that, you know, you can you can gasp at at the end of every episode. So I've been really mm-hmm. enjoying Succession. I think the writing is really clever. Uh, I'm watching Drag Race, obviously. Uh, Have you they did Jan Dirty. Have you seen? <laughs> have did you seen Law and Order SVUD? <laughs> Crazy. You listen to Jan's jukebox. You watch those oh, videos. You know about Jan's jukebox. She got pipes. I've heard him. I've heard him. You know who I think they're doing even dirtier, though, honestly? I think they're doing Crystal Method really dirty. Yeah. Yeah. She's a great queen. Because I think I she's don't... an incredible queen. Yeah. And she's she's an amazing performer in person. And they have such a really strong, like beautiful little community in Springfield, Missouri. I've I've played at the uh, Crystal's drag party that she does out there. It's like so rad i feel like they're sort of fucking with her edit because they know like a quirky queen like her won't win or go all the way so i feel like they're like really like they're not giving her something really yeah uh clear in the edit i don't my understanding is that her and sherry pie are like we're close on the season so they have to edit out a lot of what she was saying that sucks you always have that good tea meatball Uh, i do (laughs) did you make that yes i did i made uh sweet iced tea today because i want my kidneys to fail (laughs) i mean it is an interesting (laughs) season though because i think you know they've obviously had to put up with a lot of crazy 
kind of unprecedented stuff like controversy yeah. and obviously the like drag con getting canceled which is a massive thing for you know the people that have just listen most <laughs> of the girls i talked to were relieved <laughs> <laughs> oh god but uh, you're right Orville. like like season 12 is gonna be way more remembered than like i've already forgotten 11 yeah what is 10 mm-hmm. I think I know what nine was. You yeah. know what I mean? But like, we're all going to remember 12 because this was this crazy moment in the world. Well, I don't want you but to I... have to pick favorites, but who's your favorite? <laughs> I I can pick a couple, a few. I have a hard time like nailing okay. down one. I really like Gigi good. Uh, mm-hmm. I think she always looks really great. Um, and I think that she is really smart. And I like, uh, I like clever I like clever references put into art, you know, like, um, yeah. I really like Heidi cause I think that she just comes off as genuine and someone that I would want to hang out with, uh, you know, and I really like Crystal cause I, I just really appreciate the creativity and I, I always appreciate just having, even in within the world of drag race, which is, you know, it's funny because drag is inherently counterculture, but to have something even yeah. within that be, a bit counter to even drag culture, at least on that yeah. show, you know, like, I think it's, I think it's always important to have someone who's obviously like creative and, you know, bringing a different, a different perspective than just like pageantry or, or whatever. I love that. Those are my favorite. I love Jada Essence Hall specifically for what she did. Was it last week or the week before when they did their info? Oh my God. That was last week. And just, just like on the line alone when she was like, uh, bad actress from the Gaze Anatomy <laughs> Challenge. I was like, "Oh, you're way funnier than I ever thought you would be." Because, you, like, when pretty when pretty people are that funny, totally. I'm like, I feel oh, like okay. I just want to hang out with Jada. I feel like she looks like she's yeah. like yeah. a good time just to like kick it with <laughs> a good time yeah. gal. Well, um, I know uh, we normally get into some nitty gritty uh, sexy talk, but I think we're gonna let you off. <laughs> we're gonna let you go. Oh, thank God. Thank God. you. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to answer, but I want to know if you're able to eat ass with your mask. No! Listen, I'm not going to say yes or no. I'm not going to, I'm neither going to confirm nor deny anything. Anything. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you all so I hope much you're for having a wonderful me. I, time I, at I really home. appreciate it. I love your podcast and it's so nice. And thanks, Meeple. It's lovely to chat to you and, uh, and, and to meet you, Dipper. Yeah, totally. And when you guys are ready to, do that tap number. We'll get a rehearsal space. We'll I'm not even joking. I might, because you know, I've been trying to put together a drunk drag wicked where I get drunk and play alphaba and everyone else has to be sober oh, and good at their job. Yeah. Well, listen, so if, if you, you want to come do a, a tap, a tap, a tap, and a mask, perfect. <laughs> I'm excited for that. <laughs> I'm going to rent out the Montebal on theater. I'm going to sell tickets. <laughs> I'm down. I'm there. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. All right. Thanks, y'all. Okay. Bye. Amazing. Bye. All right. Bye. bye. Here we are. We're going to do a sex story. We're going to do a sex story. Now, we have Big Dipper's... Hold on. Before we start, can you No, no, move, no. Don't get Hold on. It. Can you move your... What? I'm looking at Big Dipper's screen. Yeah, just... Ooh. Okay. So you have the outline up. That does... Yeah. Okay. Now go... Okay. What's that? Here's the thing. Blood supplies. What is this? Wait, I'm having big... a blood drive. I'm throwing a blood drive with the, uh, the American Red Cross in Los Angeles on June 2nd. And I wrote a little script about promoting it, but I'm going to start promoting next week. But if you're in LA, because you know, okay, so the FDA lifted their restriction on about anal penetrative gay faggot sex, and now it only has to have been three months since you did it to give blood. So based on the quarantine by June, there'll be a lot of people that I have access to or who pay attention to me who could give this blood. So I'm doing a blood drive with the Red Cross. Okay. And now down on the bottom right, it looks like you have screenshots. What are these? These are Getty image photos of me. Because you wanted the water, the watermark. A, a pride. Oh, God. I don't need that. That's a nice one. See, now, okay. 
we're going to have to post this photo to our Instagram. Please go to our Instagram and look at this photo. Explain to me the thought process behind layering what I'm assuming is like some sort of neon harness. And then over that, a, a top made out of pointed paillettes. And then atop that, a tinsel fur jacket. It's because, okay, listen, it's because, so I come out in the fur jacket and then I take that off. It's lined. And then I mean, li- it's well, like, oh, it's lined with pink. So and now I'm you're in, this, in like, a paillette. This they're is, the pointed paillettes. And it's a short and top combo. Right. It's like a basketball jersey and shorts. And that what, really I'm, well, what I can see from this Getty image is that that is not lined. This is not lined. No. Yes. And then that comes off to reveal this, which is like my little singlety moment. Cause I give, I give, uh, I give. You drama. do be giving drama. And these are some other things that I want to get made for myself. This. Oh my god, little mama! The little mama's wearing uh, this cow costume, which I really like. I that guy's got like a, a lot of tit. Animal like on the that. side. What's this? Oh, that's from my that's music from, video. Oh. What else is up here? Have you been Anyways, talking to I'm that sure. guy at all in this quarantine? Okay. Have you been zooming so, and wanking it all? Don't talk to me like that. Okay. Here Don't is... tell me how to talk to you. You're getting a little here too big is... for your britches. No, 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 no. I've actually lost weight. Have you? I've been, I've been making, as you can tell, I've been making a lot of bread. <laughs> I've been, I've been making a lot of bread. Um, oh, here are my measurements. This yep. is so fun for an audio medium going through my desktop. God, I got to clean this off. This is horrible. I don't even know what to do. Okay, let's play the voicemail that we got. Well, does that friend. slow your computer down? Also, I think I have some sort of virus because when I log in, it makes me log in twice. <laughs> Wait, just to your main computer? Yeah, like I open my computer and it's like, but like with the, oh, bleep that. But then with the, uh, who cares? Everyone knows my name. Um, It just, it says my name and then there's no image and I type in my password and then the same screen pops up, but with my profile picture. And then I have to type my password in again. I don't know, Diva. That doesn't sound like a virus. And then sometimes it makes my screen go green. Anyway, let's play this call. Y'all, I think I've been watching porn in weird places. Does Boy, this yeah. really slow your computer down having a full desktop? Will says yes. Yeah, and this looks like a lot. You got full videos, high quality pictures, a couple pornos. What was it? What was the Why what? do you keep saying there's a porno on here? Grandpa hole. Oh, because it says old thickness, and I thought that's your type. No, but the, the those are photos. This folder is porno right here. Will Angel? Yeah, he's a porno guy. I bet our listeners know who that is. Okay, here is Will, the voicemail. Yes, play that while I look up Will Angel. Hi. Um. Okay. Wow. I'm so fucking bored in this quarantine. But anyway, um, I was like going through my mental archives, and I was thinking about this time I had sex with this guy. This was back when I was like semi-homeless, so I was like, okay, I just gotta <laughs> find somebody to like sleep with tonight. But let me stay over. So um, I'm looking on Grinder and blah blah blah, and um, I find this guy. Keep in mind, I'm on acid because um, <laughs> we just went to the Casey Musgraves concert, which was sickening. Uh, and basically, find this guy. We start fucking, Casey Musgraves like, on acid, top, which is fine because she's a verse. Um, and she's a verse. So we're fucking, and I'm like tripping out on acid. I'm like fucking him, and I'm trying not to like, <clears throat> you know, spiral. And then he starts, like, saying something to me, but I'm so in my head, I, I don't know what he's saying. And I literally was like, I was like, what? What did you say? And he goes, um, <laughs> he was like, oh, I just said, um, do you like this pussy daddy? And I literally, I felt so bad, but I burst out fucking laughing and we had to stop having sex. Anyway, also I spent the night and he was on, um, not a ventilator, but what are the ones the fat bears use? Um, oh. <laughs> you, you know what I'm talking Dipper knows what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> Dipper yeah, knows. Dipper knows was, he's um, got it. That was a moment in time. A moment in time. A moment in history. <laughs> also, he said, what was he on? A ventilator? No, those are called. What are those called? No, I forgot. Sleep apnea. Wait, what is it? Uh, sleep. Dial. CPAP? CPAP. 
A CPAP machine. Yes, Will. CPAP. Willie on the keys. Willie on the beats. Um. Oh, yeah. Hello to our new producer, Will. Will. Hey. Um, I, so thoughts on that? Have you ever fucked a, a dude on acid? I um uh, don't really fuck when i'm on drugs i've never been i've tried to do it when i was on cocaine and it was like super unsuccessful cocaine and then when i tried like molly and stuff it made it impossible to get hard but i was just like so horny (laughs) and i haven't done mushrooms yet but uh my friend who lives down the street says he'll throw them out the window for me and i feel (laughs) i can do them in my house alone i guess I feel like the, I feel like the dirty talk is like a really, you have to know what you're getting into slash like be able to receive it. If someone's really into it, they have to let you know. And then you have to be mentally prepared because talking, I mean, I've talked about this before on the, on the podcast, but I like when people talk, but me you like do, to talk. Me doing the talking, the dirty talk, that's hard. I'm not great at it either. But turning around, like, you have to have a certain amount of confidence to turn around and look at someone and be like, do you like this pussy daddy? <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Also, I feel like we literally, like, get up on stages and address people. We talk on this podcast. And, and we do it in a performative way. Like... Yeah. We're being ourselves, but we're also like yeah. being our public so, character. So the idea of like talking like immediately brings up like work stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but also who like what's like going through your pussy daddy? Yeah, what's going through your head when you're like don't you feel like that's a bit performative? That's not like a normal thing. In what I don't I just am trying to figure out what state mentally and physically I would need to be in to be like, "Oh, yes. Let me ask him if he likes this pussy." You know what I mean? Yeah, but you love to be like, oh. I am loud. I just, yeah, but I'm like loud like that. I'm not but like gibberish. Oh, yes. <laughs> put it in my pussy hole. <laughs> One All time right. I did sing the, the riff from The Little Mermaid and it made Michael's boner go away. What is the riff from The Little Mermaid? Well, when she's taking her voice and she's like, ah. 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 I said I sang it to his penis as I was like pulling his pants out, and he was like, "No, never mind." Yeah, I would be like, "I'll go clean up the uh, sourdough starter instead of fucking you now." I'd be like, "Listen, either way, you're gonna have to clean up a mess." <laughs> oh God! Well, thanks so much for listening to Sloppy Seconds. The end of this got real sloppy, and I'm here for it. Yeah, just you know, leave it all in. Let people know that this people got time. People got no time. No one's doing anything. Yeah. Okay, so here's the deal. Uh we have no new voicemails. So uh and if you called and left a voicemail and you're like, but they never did my voicemail, it was bad or too long, which or, is why or, we need or more of it them. was so, so long ago that call, I can't go back and listen to it. Correct. So call us with your fuck talk stories. You can call us at two one three five three six nine one eight zero and you can leave us a voicemail there and they need to be to the point and shorter than three minutes we just got a really funny advice question but i'll save it for next week oh okay fun well someone is in a rap group and they need help oh so they're coming to me a professional rapper yeah yes sick name all right well Follow me at Spiciest Meatball on Instagram or Fat Drag Meatball on Twitter. You can also Venmo me at Spiciest Meatball. Y'all, I'm putting out this content for y'all, so please take it and give me money for it. And I'm at Big Dipper Jelly on everything. And don't forget. Oh, wait. Did you hear that this week's I put out a little uh, a little pre-roll teaser for yeah, my show? Yeah, but someone said that you said the wrong date. I did, but I, I fixed it last minute. I said April, April, and then I said February. So I sounded uh, like a fool. Anyways, yeah, don't forget to subscribe to our show. Who is texting you about my fuck up? Tony, because we this week we had the same guest. <laughs> oh, Nicole was on his show as well. Yeah. But That's I was like, funny. to be fair, we recorded ours last Friday and you recorded yours yesterday. You know what I mean? We all got to be on podcasts. This anyway, isn't interesting thanks for listening. Anymore. I got to go. If you want to call us, you know the number. It's 1-800-WICKED. Okay. And- Oh, and uh, thanks. We want more feedback on the radio plays. Whose was better?
yeah, whose is better and whose do you want to continue? And whose do you think maybe was a, a little bit of a retaliation against uh, the other person's? Or did you think? Or had you ever thought? And would you ever do that again in writing a radio play? Or, or not. Okay, bye. Bye. Okay, let's get to this radio play. Dipper has just landed in a faraway land and sees someone who resembles Meatball running with hundreds of very sexy munchkins behind her. Let the story begin. Meatball. Meatball. Wow, walking with this ruby red peg leg is going to take some getting used to. I really wish I would have spent more time on my legs at the gym. Meatball! Meatball! It's me, Big Dipper! Uh, don't look, my little munchkins! If we walk faster and look ahead, we don't have to talk to that bear chasing us and yelling! Now get those stubby little munchkin legs moving in high gear! I want to arrive there early so I can get an Auntie Anne's pretzel! Meatball! I need some help! Help! I'm lost and alone, now more so than ever. Not only am I in a strange new magical place, I'm questioning my career as a niche market YouTube rapper and drag queen wrangler. Oh God, he won't stop talking at us. Oh God, he's catching up. Oh no, I can hear the sound of his beaded braids growing nearer. Help me, I'm just just trying to get myself home. I'm just a struggling musician. Ooh, musician, you say? Everyone, stop. He said he was a musician. Maybe we have a chance to win this year. Oh, wow, you caught up so quickly. I didn't expect someone with such a rotund stature to move with such haste, especially because of that smoked ham you call a leg. What's going on? Where are we? You know, I don't understand. One minute, I'm in North Hollywood giving this elderly man the old fisty twisty, and the next thing I know, I landed here. Thank God I ran into you. How did you end up with all these little munchkins and harnesses? Oh, that one's kind of cute. Do you think he'll be in my next music video? You know, I'm always casting. And not like that Allison Mossy. Well, first of all, my name is Good Judy, and you are in the magical land of Paz. And I am the queen of the Jew City. But it's named after me, Judy. So it's spelled J-U, like Jew City. Not like anything else that you think it might be. And these are my townspeople. They are munchkins from the city of Jew. Jew munchkins from Jew City. Now, I heard you say that you were a musician. Yes, I love music. I write my own music and rap and I dance and I do all these big shit. Wait, what? Wait, 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 what is rap? Rap? It's like singing on a beat. <gasps> you can sing? Can you sing this rap in front of a lot of people? And... Do all rap singers have such swollen shoulders and necks? Yes, I consistently perform for tens of people all the time. Oh my god, wonderful! How would you feel about performing at the Celebration of Paws? A huge performance opportunity. I'm talking huge. Now, we can't pay you, but if you're any good, maybe someone will see you performing there at this. And I don't know, let's call it like a, a showcase. And someone someone might see you, and, and they're important, and they're going to be there. And if that happens, it'll be amazing. How do you feel about performing there? It's happening in just a few hours. Oh, I mean, I don't know. I don't have any of my music on me or my spandex costumes or my bedazzled wrist brace. I'm really more of an experience when I perform. You see, I wear a lot of things that don't match and I slowly take one item off at a time, showing off. Ooh, I bet the audience never sees it coming. No, they do, but it's just the fact that I'm doing it makes me feel like I'm doing something, at least, with my show. But yeah, I'll do it. I'm sure I could write a quick song, bang out a new beat, rap about butts and cum and stuff. That won't be necessary. The battle cry is only four notes. Musician Munchkin will teach you while we walk there. And hey, seamstress Munchkins, can you grab a couple of measuring tapes and get the diameter of this guy? I'm sure when we get there, we can find a couple of old tents and curtains that'll fit him. Please, none of his famous bulky reveals, though. I'm so happy you're agreeing to do this. It means so much to me, especially after what happened last year. What happened last year? And singing for the city of MC, we have Peachy. Oh shit, it's already started. I'm going to go sign you up. You stay here with Seamstress Munchkin and get your body shape all figured out. 
Is your name really Seamstress Munchkin? No, it's Carol. She just doesn't remember any of our names. Oh, yeah. She's a bitch where I'm from, too. So, what happened last year? What's this all about? Well, the great celebration of Paws was always good Judy's shining moment. She won every year, hitting the battle cry with ease and perfection. But last year, sadly, the Wicked Witch of the Nina West took her out toe-sucking all night, and she lost her voice. She hasn't sung a song since. Wow. I can only imagine how it feels to bomb in front of that many people. Oh, so you're really good? Do you mind standing up straight so I can fit this blouse over your neck? Oh, no. I I bomb all the time, just not for that many people. Well, you don't have to win, but you just can't lose. I'm going to let you in on a little secret, Chubbo. Listen, if stuff gets rough out there, just click your heels and wish you were home. Miss Good Judy isn't going to let you get out of this. I only have one heel. This other thing is a peg leg. Oh, uh, I don't know. Oh, look, Judy's back. Hey! Are you feeling a little nervous? No, I like that part of my brain that feels shame. Great, you're up next. I just want to say thank you so much for doing this for me. And now we have Singer Munchkin from the city of Jew. He definitely looks Jewish. What a tall, deformed Munchkin he is. Oh, and he's stepping up. Shit, it looks like another year of Leah Michelle. What's he doing? Oh my god, he took off his outfit! He's wearing a loose pair of underwear! We've never seen anything like this before! This is unbelievable! It's clear now that the winner is just this abnormally large Jewish munchkin! To be continued. Doodle doo doo forever dog! Sloppy Seconds with Big Dipper and Meatball is a Forever Dog podcast. Executive produced by Joe Cilio, Brett Boehm, and Alex Ramsey. Our logo art was drawn by Christian Cimarron. And our theme song was written by Mike Malarkey.